Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan nihimayin natin ang mga may init at mahalagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin kung ano nga ba ang trabaho ng Commission on Audit at ano ang silbi ng pag-usuring nito sa pag-asa ng pera ng mamamayan. Lagi nasa balita ang kowa nitong mga nakaraang linggo dahil sa mga nadiskubre nitong anomalya o hindi tamang paggamit ng pwendo ng ilang ahensya ng gobyerno kasama dito ang Department of Health dahil sa pandemya. Tatalakayin natin ang isyong ito kasama si Raptor reporter Lian Buwan who covers kowa among other many agencies in the Philippines. Hi Lian! Hello, Judes. It's my first time na naka-livestream ang Beyond the Stories. And I think this is the first time na I will talk to you na hindi drug war or hindi anti-terror or justice system ang pag-uusapan natin. Well, corruption yes. is justice, so it's still related. So, thank you, Lian, for joining me today. No? So, for my first question, anong papel na ginagampanan ng COA sa gobyerno? Gaano ba ito ka-importante at saan galing yung mandato nila? Well, the COA, the Commission on Audit, was created by the 1987 Constitution. Isa siya sa mga constitutional commissions na independent. So it's not under the executive, it's not under the legislative, it's not under the judiciary. It's an independent constitutional commission na for it to be independent, meron din silang fiscal autonomy para hindi sila mahawakan sa leeg ng power of the purse ng legislative. What's their role in government? Their role is to audit. They are auditing 66,000 government offices. So that's around 300 national government agencies and then mga GOCCs and then all LGUs and then all state universities. So tsaka mga water boards and everything. So that's more than 66,000 government offices. At sa ngayon ay meron lang 8,000 na workforce ang COA. So they're kind of spread thinly but as they said, hindi naman daw na apektuhan na kanilang performance dahil nga yung kanilang mga controversial annual audit report ang gumimbal sa Administrasyong Duterte. So the role is to audit government and to make sure that these funds are being used prudently, not only just correctly, but prudently and wisely. You mentioned the annual audit reports na focus ng issue in the past few months or weeks na, di ba? Pero gusto ko tanongan na, alam ko hindi lang yun yung type ng ginagawa ng COA. Marami silang ginagawang audit eh. Can you tell us briefly ano yung mga to? I think except yung annual audit report kasi I'll ask you that later. All right. Okay, so besides the routinary annual audit report, they're doing an annual financial audit of the GOCCs para mas makita lalo ang financial state ng mga GOCC na to because GOCC are supposed to earn, diba? They can do a special audit, which they did for the pork barrel scam. Uh, we all remember that nung nagkaroon ng special audit ng pork barrel scam. And they can also do a fraud audit. So yung naririnig natin na COA doesn't generally make findings of corruption, that's generally correct for the most part, except for when the fraud audit department of the COA sees the need to conduct fraud audit, in which case, then they will make a finding of corruption. But that's not prosecution, ah, kasi auditors are not prosecutors. So think of COA as like the NBI or the PNPCIDG or the CHR even. Government agencies sila, meron silang To some extent, they have that investigative power kasi meron silang kakayahan na mag-inquire. They have that government mandate. But whatever finding they have, it's not a finding of probable cause. So kung ano man yung makita ng COA, it still has to go through the proper prosecutorial channel. And in this case, if it's government funds, it's through the office of the ombudsman. Itong yung mention na different types of other reports aside from the annual. 
ano yung threshold nito? Mataas ba para masabi na, ah, I will start this auditing? Ano yung trigger nito? Kailangan ba ng malaking trigger or mabigat na issue? Kasi I remember the past medyo, ang naalala ko ay high profile findings. I'm curious kung meron na bang dati na hindi naman malaki pero nag-trigger ng ganitong mga types ng reports. Walang clear-cut standards for when they would do a special audit or a fraud audit. Tama ka, kasi yung mga pinakanatatandaan nating special audit are very high profile. They did a special audit on pork barrels, on PIDAF, and then noong 2018, they did one on Malampaya funds. At alalang-alala ko yung Malampaya because it was released in 2017 at medyo malakas yung recommendation nun ng COA. They wanted an investigation and press charges if appropriate against DBM officials who enabled uh, all of these SARAs to be released for it to be misused for so many years. Pero wala namang nangyari nun. I wrote in my article last week, COA is often ignored. Dun sa tanong mo kung may threshold, there was a memorandum of agreement between former ombudsman Conchita Carpio Morales and COA chairman Michael Aguinaldo back in 2017 para sana meron silang trigger amount. In that MOA, it says if related transactions involve a minimum of 100 million, dapat magkikik in na yung mechanism na yung office of the ombudsman magsisimula ng mag Investiga, but Ombudsman Samuel Martyr has confirmed that he deactivated that MOA. So walang ganun klaseng trigger amount yung COA ngayon. And dun naman sa fraud audit, it's not clear cut eh. The fraud audit has to, parang kailangan maring mo yung bell niya. Kailangan may mga makita siyang standards like, do you want me to discuss yung, ano, yung standards of a fraud audit? Yeah, go. Every information that we need to know, tapos okay. mo na ngayon, Lian. <laughs> right. So, merong tinatawag na fraud risk indicators para ma-push, ma-prompt yung mga fraud auditors na, hmm, tingnan natin to for a possible fraud risk audits. Kailangan nilang silipin kung meron bang weakness in internal controls. So parang lapses in internal control or weaknesses in internal control. Anong ibig sabihin nun? Pag nakikita siguro nila na this year, so many times violate ng agency na to ang procurement law or so many times violate ng agency na to this COA regulation or this GPPB regulation. Bakit ganun? Bakit? Why do they seem to always violate this provision? So dun na mapipik yung curiosity nila na why are they so bent on violating this provision. Meron din namang mga obviousness sa mga fraud auditors, eh, yung mga tipong bakit paulit-ulit na fa-flag tong transaction na to? And it seems to always be one supplier. So parang, oh, bakit favorite na lang supplier na yan? And pwede rin silang tumingin sa network na parang I feel like this contractor is related to this person in the agency. Ganon. So it takes a certain kind of expertise and familiarity and paranoia na rin siguro ng mga fraud auditors to say, oh, I'll step in and do a fraud audit. But we were told that sometimes fraud audits are done confidentially dun sa start ng, ng audit kasi ayaw rin naman nilang ma-alert yung mga ina-audit nila na, oh, ininvestigahan namin kayo for fraud. So, I mean, baka meron ng fraud audit na ginagawa ngayon, hindi natin alam. And of course, two types pala ng audit, yan ang dami na natin nalaman. So ngayon, Lian, for my next question, gusto po na tayo sa subject ng mga issue ngayon, yung annual audit reports. Dito galing kasi yung mga findings na recently na babalita sa media. Napakadami na rin maling impormasyon na lumalabas tungkol dito dahil parang to counter the narrative that what's happening yeah. now. So Lian, ano nga ba yung importante yung bagay na dapat malaman ng publiko tungkol sa mga annual audit reports? Bakit nga ba may ganitong ginagawa bawat taon? The AARs are published within six months of the following fiscal year. So, kung 2020 in audit by June 30 
of 2021 or the following fiscal year, dapat tapos na ng mga resident auditors in AAR ng ahensya. And they're supposed to be publishing it nito, nito mga season na to, tong July, August. So we call it the audit season. Why do they have to do this? I think it's very basic. It's the right of every Filipino to know how their taxes have been spent without COA. We wouldn't know. There is no way that we would know how our taxes are being spent. And that's why it's very bizarre for me to hear from the president to say, stop publishing those annual audit reports. Because without the annual audit reports, we will be left in total darkness kung paano ginagasas yung pera natin. And at the very least, that is a right to information. I'll ask you later about the independence of COA, no? But for my next question, can you bring us to the process ng isang annual audit? Ano ba ang titignan dito ng state auditors? I remember, diba, mention mo kanina sa fraud audits, pero silang mga parang standards or guidelines. Meron hmm. din ba galito sa mga annual auditing? Wala naman kasi the AARs are routinary. It's supposed to happen every year. So lahat ng ilalabas na pera or gagastahin na pera ng isang ahensya or yung hindi nila gagastahin na pera that is included in the annual audit report. Tapos yun makikita natin meron na rin performance audit na ginagawa yung mga resident auditors AAR. Ito yung mga tinatawag nating value for money. So they're not just looking at did you spend this uh, correctly or did you spend this wise? They're also looking at, was it money well spent? Gumasas ka ng ilang million, meron ka bang nakitang result ng programa mo? So that's called a performance audit. And that does not necessarily mean malice. Kasi nga, routine na ginagawa. Yun, ito yung sinasabi nila na procedural lang naman yan, wala namang kaso. And yes, it's procedural. But the findings that is that are contained in the AARs are not just wala lang. Kasi pag may sinabing unobligated funds, pag sinabing may undocumented transfers, that's not wala lang. Siguro, one has to really get into the habit of reading AARs. Kasi may mga AAR na wala talagang findings of irregularity. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes may mga agency na ang finding lang o hindi nyo inaayos yung books nyo. Meron kayong finances na hindi nyo pa natatanggal sa books nyo. Ganun lang. Yung mga your usual accounting flags Kumbaga, tas minsan nga marami pang pinupure yung mga tipong, o yung ganda ng paggastos nyo sa gender and development program nyo, money well spent, ganun. I mean, that's not the verbatim, pero yun. You mentioned na dapat maging practice ng mga tao magbasa ng mga AAR findings, no? Can you tell us, I wanted to add to us, kung ano yung mga dapat findings, pero sabi mo nga, ang daming pwedeng i-point out ng COA. Hmm. So gusto ko lang tanongin, Lian, ano yung usually na pag nabasa mo to ay o red flag to o o delicts to, hmm problematic to or dapat itong parang i-discuss pa further in the public hmm. para mabigyan ng attention ng mga tao. Ito yung phrase na rings my bell. Once na sinabi na nilang the propriety, validity, regularity, or even legality of this transaction cannot be ascertained. Yun yung phrase na talagang, oh, okay, susulat ko na to. Pwede rin, making this transaction doubtful. Yun, isusulat ko na rin yun. And the less often or less recurring, kasi yung mga cannot be asserted, sobrang recurring yan. Yung mga less frequent, yung mga spurious receipts, spurious vouchers, fabricated receipts, fake vouchers, ayun, that is downright red flag. May nameke na ng resibo. We saw that, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to correct myself later. I think in 2018, pero sure akong Philippine Coast Guard yun, yung mga nakitaan ng mga fabricated Receipts, And we know what a fabricated receipt can be in a larger scheme of things. It's pork barrel scam, it's fertilizer fund scam, 
it's malampaya, fund scam. So doon nagsisimula lagi, di ba, yung mga ghost purchases, tapos sinafabricate lang yung mga receipts. So yun yung lesser frequent, the medyo more frequent yung mga the propriety cannot be asserted kasi nakulang ng dokumento. And then mas frequent yung mga unobligated and unutilized funds. In layman's term, ano yung cannot be asserted? Parang malabo or hindi namin masure? <laughs> hindi namin masure. Kumbaga, parang at the end of the day, if the agency can submit all the documents, siguro after two years, masubmit nila yung mga dokumento at mapatanayan naman nalang, oh, it was a valid transaction. Eh, di, so be it. But at this point, the agencies know that they're being audited every year. The agencies know they have a deadline. They have an exit conference, yet they cannot submit all documents. So the auditors are saying, ah, hindi namin masusure kung tama yung ginawa mo. At uh, diba dito nag-aaway na parang, oh, bakit hindi niyo binigyan ng due process ang agency? They are given due process. Kasi I'll have to go back to your question kanina. Binibigyan muna sila ng confidential AOM. That's the Audit Observation Memorandum. I-AOM ko yung transaction. Ito yung nakita ko malis, sabi ng auditor. And then the agency would have time to answer that. Tapos we were told that kapag sinagot ng agency yung AOM and the auditor is satisfied, hindi niya na yun i-includes AAR. So, kung sumagot ka lang ng maayos at ipakita mo ng maayos yung mga dokumento mo, there wouldn't be any flags in the AAR. So, parang ano, ano kasi ang dami na ikasabi na dapat to, kinausap mo na ahensya, dapat in-involve sila. sila. Pero so mali, sila. there is an oh. exit conference. Parang aside from that, ano bang part ng auditing process na nakalook in na yung government agencies? Like, Looking ba sila all parts of the process or may part lang na siguro sa beginning or the end? Okay, for starters, the auditors are inside the agencies. They are resident auditors. So, ito yung mga nakakasama nila sa pantry, nakakasama nila sa CR. Hindi natin alam kung ini-invite sila sa outing. Pero kasama nila to, tropa nila tong mga auditors. So, they know. And they know the mandate that they are being audited every time. At sinasabi nga time and time again ng COA. If you are unsure of what you're about to do, if you're unsure of how to spend, punta ka lang sa co-office ng ahensya mo at tanungin at sumangguni sa mga auditor na, tama ba tong gagawin ko? Para dun pa lang, meron ka ng, ah, okay, sinabi ng auditor, tama daw yun. So, meron kang ganun. But for your questions, once an AOM is issued, loop in na doon yung agency kasi inisuhan ka na ng AOM eh. So, pwede kang sumagot. But for the more formal process, the more formal and rigid process of auditing begins mga February, the following fiscal year. So, kung 2020 ina-audit, February sila nagsimula. So, February, March, April, May, June, five months or actually parang aabot yan ng six na the formal auditing process has started. And within those six months, sobrang daming meeting nun kasi hindi naman makakabuo ang mga auditors ng AAR nang hindi sila nakakapag-usap. And again, if you get into the habit of reading an AAR, you would see that management comments are always included. Yeah, I remember when I'm writing COA stories pag weekends, pag wala si Lian, binahanap ka lagi yung side ng government agencies yeah. kasi most likely kung sumagot na sila wala. Oh, oh. Unless kung wala. Kung wala dun, ibig sabihin, hindi talaga sila sumagot, which is kaninong fault kung hindi kayo sumagot. We all know that too. Well, yung mga hindi sumasagot sa atin. Pagka, yes, pag i-release story. Yes, yung mga ayos Bakit kaya? O, oh, gano'n. <laughs> yeah. So, Lian, meron tayong tanong from our audience. Medyo nag-advance na ako dito. Pero let's see kung kaya natin sagutin to. No? Sabi ni Teng Alivio from Facebook, is it right to declare the budget for 2022 while COA is still in time? Parang dinidisclose pa nila yung deficiencies ng government agencies. 
Dapat wala tayong pao. choice eh. Wala tayong choice eh. Kasi kung wala, hindi tayo mag-e-enact ng GAA, wala tayong pera next year. And we know the trouble. Di ba nag-re-enacted budget tayo? Ay, hindi ko na matandaan kung anong year. Yung nagkagulo ang House and Senate, di ba nag-re-enacted mm-hmm. budget tayo? I think 2019. At nagkagulo kasi hindi ma-implement yung mga salary standardization ng gobyerno. So we don't have a choice. We really have to enact a JA, lalo na pandemic, I guess it's paramount na lang for the investigators, whether it's the Congress or the Office of the Ombudsman, to make sure that these audits amount to something. Yeah. Yan, na, nag-umpisa ka na sa next question ko kasi doon na sa false report na we know now the findings of the report for example, sa isang government, maraming anomalya. What happens now? What can COA do? Ano yung power nila? Meron ba silang power to file charges or recommend charges? Basically, ano yung kaya nilang gawin sa findings nila? I don't know how to put it delicately, no? Pero COA's power is as powerful as you and me. Kasi ako, pwede akong pumunta sa Office of the Ombudsman para mag-file ng complaint without anything, di ba? Pero what the audits do is they're giving you some sort of a very good backup. Kasi if you draft a complaint and file it before the office of the ombudsman and your evidence and your basis is just your own findings. I mean, sige, meron kang dokumento na nakita, ganyan-ganyan, blah, 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 blah. Compare mo yan kung ang ebidensya mo ay isang audit report na inaudit ng isang ahensya ng gobyerno made by experts, expert auditors, expert accountants went through due process. Anong mas may bearing? Siyempre yung may audit report. Kaya pa ulit-ulit kung sinasabi sa mga article ko na the... Office of the Ombudsman and the DOJ, kasi sila yung itinalagang mega task force on corruption, have a motto proprio power. Kahit walang lumapit sa kanilang citizen na mag-file ng complaint, they can do it on their own and they have done so in the past without the benefit of an audit report. Eh ngayon, meron ng audit report. So parang mas pinalakas. Panaalala ko dati, we wrote about the COA findings on the deal between DOT under Juan Dateo and her brother Ben Tulfo, yung BTAG, yung travel show sa PTV. Kung natatandaan nyo, it was a very sensational audit. Ombudsman Conchita Carpio Morales, moto proprio opened a fact-finding inquiry into that. We don't know kung ano na yung nangyari doon, pero she did so because meron ng audit report. And in the past nga, kahit walang audit report, kaya nilang mag-moto proprio just because it's a issue of public interest, ganon. So, uh, in that, uh, parang, I, I rarely hear COA filing the complaint themselves. Pero in fairness kasi to COA, nagawa na kasi nila yung trabaho nila, nandiyan yung audit report nila, and it's for the ano, proper investigators to take it and take it somewhere else. What I'm getting from you is sobrang importante ng Office of the Ombudsman yes. in this chain ng anti-corruption drive ng COA. No? With all that context, context natin ngayon, kung tayo ngayon, yung mga findings. Lian, face on your... Matakay mo na rin nagko-cover ng Ombudsman. Ilang Ombudsman na rin... Hindi naman ganun Grabe ka. <laughs> Ilang Ombudsman na rin daanan mo, basically, di ba? Oy, dalawa pa lang. Dalawa, dalawa pa tatlo, lang. Dalawa pa lang pala. Dalawa Pero pa yun... Lang. What should the ombudsman do this time? Kung we live in a perfect world na maayos yung justice system, gumagalaw yung mga ahensya, ano yung dapat gawin nila once lumabas yung findings ng audit? Not in general ha, kasi ah. hindi naman lahat ng audit ay worthy of an inquiry. Pero itong DOH audit, we're operating under the context of the pandemic. Ang laki nung na-flag na amount, it's 67 billion. 41 billion of that is procurement lang sa PSDBM na sinasabi nga na PSDBM nag-procure ng mga sobrang mamahal na face shield and face mask. 
walang authorization. And remember that the Bayanihan Law allowed agencies to resort to negotiated procurement. So yun sanang protection natin na public bidding. Wala na yun kasi pinayagan ng mga ayansya na huwag na kayo magpabid. Matatagilan lang kayo mag-negotiated procurement na kayo. Yung risk exposure ng environment, mataas yung exposure niya to corruption. So in a perfect world, the 2017 MOA between COA and Ombudsman should have kicked in already. Kasi ang laki eh, 67 billion. At nakwento sa akin ni Commissioner Heidi Mendoza na nung pumutok yung issue about Major General Carlos Garcia. Ang ginawa ni Ombudsman Simeon Marcelo, na hindi ko naabutan, ay lumapit siya sa COA. Sabi niya, gawa na tayo ng joint committee. So, auditors are taking care of the vouchers. Sila yung mga accountant, sila yung mga auditor. Prosecutors, hand in hand, are working with them. Kasi hindi nga lahat ng auditing lapses amount to a criminal offense. Sa dinami-dami ng na-dismiss na kaso ng Sandigan Bayan, we know that all too well. So the purpose or the benefit of an auditor and a prosecutor working together is making sure that yung mga voucher na nakukuha na ebidensya ng mga auditor, merong prosecution lens. Merong prosecutor na magsasabi na, okay, that's what I need to prove that RA-3019 or graft was violated. That is what I need to prove that technical malversation was committed. So that is the value of having an auditor and prosecutor work together. And that is the vision of President Duterte's mega task force on corruption. Kaya nga magmumowa si Justice Secretary Guevara among DOJ, COA, and ombudsman to put not only a resident auditor in every agency, maglalagay din sila ng resident prosecutor in every agency. Now my question is, nasa na yung MOA na yan? Last year pa yung mega task force. Galit na ba ako? Nasa na yung MOA na yan? Last year pa yung mega task force on corruption, they were so hell-bent on yeah. investigating PhilHealth. That was motu proprio and pinag-imbisigang NBI. In a very quick time, the NBI was able to make a conclusion and submit complaint to the Office of the Ombudsman. The question is, why aren't they doing it now for the DOH? What is so special about Health Secretary Francisco Duque or the DOH that the President himself is saying from Malacanang that I will stand with Duque even if it will bring me down? Na all siya, na all siya. Pero yun, reminded me of the mega task force corruption ng DOJ. Yeah. If the audience wants to know more about that, we have a podcast episode on that last, I think, tagal na nun, last year or this year, early this year? Hindi ko na matanabasa, alam ko tagal na ng mega task force on corruption. Just one of the many task force ng DOJ. Yes. Ferlene, are we hearing anything from the ombudsman regarding these issues? Ombudsman Samuel Martires has issued two statements, both of which stand by his position that he would rather wait for the auditing process to be final. And can I expound on that? Sorry. Kailan ba nagiging final ang COA process? For sure, the annual audit report is final na in a sense that it has already gone through the reglementary six-month auditing period na alam na alam ng mga ahensyang mangyayari. So, ano ba yung sinasabi ni Ombudsman Martires na final? So, when the auditors transmit the AAR to the agencies, they give them 60 days to report back to the auditors kung na-comply na yung mga recommendation. Kasi pag nagbasa ka ng AAR, may mga recommendation doon. And usually these are, we recommend that management submits to us documents to prove that it was authorized. Ganyan. We recommend that they direct the, the disbursing officers to submit receipts. Ganon, puro recommendation. So in 60 days, yung laging 
sinasabi ni Duque na 60 days and ni Congressman Marcoleta, it's a post-audit thing. So in 60 days, the DOH should go back to the COA and say, okay, all, ito na yung mga kinumply naming recommendation nyo. So if the auditor is satisfied, then well and good. Good for you. Good for the government. Good for us. Pag hindi talaga satisfied ang auditor, pwede siyang mag-result in a notice of disallowance. Ito yung balik mo. Ibalik mo sa kaban ng bayan yung ginasas mong ilang million para dyan because it's really not allowed. So it's a notice of disallowance. But the thing with the notice of disallowance is, kaya po siyang i-appeal. I-appeal mo pa siya sa Commission on Audit Proper, sa Unbank ng COA. Pwede mo pa siyang i-appeal sa korte kung ayaw mo talagang magbayad, kung hindi ka talaga naniniwalang disallowed yung transaction mo. Tapos minsan, wala naman nagre-resulta in a notice of disallowance. And when you read an AAR, meron folder kasi yun eh, ng mga sampu ata yung dokumento. There's a document there called the Status of Past Years Recommendation. At pag nagbasa ka, ang daming mga recommendation na ilang taon na hindi pa nako-comply. So parang doon din nanggagaling yung frustration ng mga auditor na, Sus, eh kahit naman mag-recommend kami, parang inaalikabok lang yung mga report namin, ganyan. So, when people say that wait for the COA process to finalize, the question is when? Kailan pa yan mapafinalize? That's why Ombudsman Conchita Carpe Morales said, I interviewed her last week ata, sabi niya na parang if you wait for that, you're gonna wait forever. Parang pwede lang magdala yung tactics. Basically, wala namang backup. Oh, wala bang implications or pwede silang pagalitan or what kung hindi nila i- kunyo na documents yung hinihingi para ma-prove or ma-counter yung findings na COA. Pag hindi nila pinasa yun within a 60-day period, uh, meron bang malaking implications or wala naman? In a strict COA world, the auditor can issue a notice of disallowance. At malaking bagay yun kasi dinisallow mo yung transaction at kailangan mong ibalik yung pera. I mean, kung nagastos mo na yung pera, saan mo kukunin yung ibabalik mo, di ba? But in a larger scheme of things, nawawala na yung dito papasok yung okay, ombudsman, sana may gawin ka. Okay, DOJ, sana may gawin ka. And in the most abstract of things, that's why COA is publishing yung AAR for transparency para at the very least, Worst comes to worst, walang mangyari, at least alam ng taong bayan kung ano yung nangyari. And nasa, sa mga nanonood, nasa sa inyo na yun, what do you want to do with that information? Pero di ba masakit tanggapin yun eh, kasi parang ano, are we gonna settle for just transparency? Kaya sabi kanina ni Senator Grace Poe, kung walang masasampulan, paulit-ulit na lang tong problemang to applies to many things in the government. I remember, pag may mga stories tayo on notice of disallowances, lagi siyang nasa LGU level or individual level, parang hardly ako nakakita ng uh, government agency level. Baka nga dahil doon sinabi mo na hindi nagre-reply. Pero yan, I know, ombudsman, malaki yung part. What can make or break itong process na to? Lahat ba talaga nasa kamay talaga ng ombudsman at this point? Like, political will? Or... In the legal sense, yes, the ombudsman has a lot of power and DOJ has a lot of power kasi sila yung prosecutor. So, in the legal sense, yes, sila yung may kapangyarihan. Pero alam naman natin how our political world works. So, mas mataas yung value ng ginagawa ng House of Representatives and the Senate ngayon. Kasi kung sila yung willing lang at this point to investigate, at least they're gonna unearth or discover more information that we didn't know yet. And maybe that will compel 
someone to do something and actually anyone can file a complaint nga eh? i mean if you want to complain get a lawyer and draft your complaint based on the audit report mahihirapan ka nga lang kasi ang isa-site mo audit report and yung transcript ng senate at sasabihin sa ng mga prosecutor wala namang personal knowledge diyan hearsay ka lang puro ganun that's why mas maganda kung nanggaling yung complaint sa fact finding ng isang prosecutorial body like the ombudsman and the DOJ because hindi na lang yun hearsay kasi nakita na nila the documents are there i've been wanting to ask you this questions ever since pumutok yung balita nito what's keeping DOJ from acting given the <laughs> Secretary Guevara, it's the same as uh, Ombudsman Martires that they would rather wait for the COA process to finalize. But again, until when? Because if you're going to wait for the COA process to finalize, it's really going to take forever. Kunwari yung overstocking ng medicines and expiring medicines, just ko pa ulit-ulit na lang yan. Sobrang yeah. every year you would see that finding, not sa, sa DOH, I mean, has it been solved? Obviously not, kasi meron na namang finding na ganun at sinabi nga ni Senator Ping Lacson kanina. Bakit ba may overstock? Meron bang mafia sa loob ng DOH? At bakit hindi nyo ma-stop yung problema nga? At sinabi rin niya namang auditor na nakausap ko eh, every time daw recurring ang overstocking. Ang isang probability dyan, ang my favorite kasi gurong supplier na gusto mong laging bigyan ng kontrata, kaya kahit hindi mo na kailangan yung supply or yung stock, bibili ka and it results in overstocking. And again, going back, parang COA is always often ignored except for extraordinary circumstances like pork barrel and fertilizer fund scam. And kung walang gagalaw, wala talagang, wala talagang nangyayari. You have your story, your in-depth thing. Ano yung title nandiyan? Mm-hmm. Often Part- ignored ko, uh, fuels pandemic outrage yeah. against the Toyota government. Order to ask you, bakit ba often ignored? <laughs> kasi, babalik ako dun sa explanation na kasi hindi sila prosecutors eh. Uh, they don't have the prosecutorial power. Ang sad, no? Na lagi silang in-ignore. I guess that speaks of our values yeah. as a nation. I mean, nilang beses na rin naman tayong ninakawan, diba? Yeah. Ang <laughs> best na rin naman tayong niloko. So, <laughs> ganun. And babalik ako dun sa Malampaya Fund scam. Grabe. When I read that report in 2017, I was so aghast dun sa... Naging, kasi it's a scam from way back 2011. Or 2001, no. Not 2011. It, it's a scam from way back 2001. Diba? Ito nga yung ikinamatay ni Doc Jerry Ortega when he was exposing that Palawan funds were being misused, and yet we're in 2021. Imagine special audit na yun ng COA. Wala rin naman nangyari. So, Ian, parang from our conversation, clear-cut naman eh, na parang na-counter na lahat ng mga gustong messaging ng government na una, sabihin mo lang due process, pero may process naman talaga dahil involved sila sa, parang maraming parts na involved sila na binigyan sila ng tamang oras para mag-answer sa findings. And may mga lumabas sa hearings na nasagot naman ng COA. Pero bakit ganito yung presidente? Bakit outright inaaway niya yung COA? Outright sinasabihan niya na huwag niyo publicize. Marami na rin. Health Secretary mismo sinasabi niya, winarak niyo kami. Hindi uh-huh. <laughs> na kayo naawa sa amin or wala agad may crisis. Bakit ganito yung response nila sa COA? When in fact, every year na maginagawa to and in the past, nagkaroon na ng mga audits na kahit beyond this administration, may mga high-profile audit findings na nanaisalabas, nailatakan yeah. na yung mga tao, it costs some people their election 
even their retirement benefits dahil mm-hmm. nag-convict sila. Bakit ganito in this administration, in this context, ganito yung reaction ng administration? I mean, I don't know if I can answer that. I mean, President Duterte at least is being transparent. Hindi naman bago yung pagtingin niya sa COA. If we remember data, sinabi niya, push them down the stairs, kidnap them, torture them. So, actually, mild pa nga yung sinabi niyang ignore COA and ang mahirap niyan is when he says, don't publish the AARs. Kasi, shocks, anong mangyayari pag sinabi niya and actually the COA is really compelled to not publish the AARs. That's gonna be a massive blow to freedom of information and transparency. So, medyo doon ako kinakabahan kasi yung push them down the stairs, kidnap and torture them, well, it's bad. But, uh, I mean, you can say what you want, parang ganun. Pero, Natatakot ako sa posibilidad na pag inulit-ulit ng presidente at pag merong inside negotiations na oh, wag na kayong mag-publish, ganun. Nakatakot yun kasi baka COA is really driven not to publish kasi there's no explicit text in the constitution that says they should publish. Actually, nasa GAA siya, nasa GAA siya na uh, they should publish pero pwedeng tanggalin sa JA next next time. I mean, I don't know the whole constitutional implication and the whole constitutional basis of it. Pero nakakatakot kapag COA is driven not to publish those reports. At balikan ko lang, oh, nga, hindi naman, it's not new to the Duterte presidency. Naaalala mo nga kay Noynoy dati, post-Yolanda, ang dami adverse findings ng COA na nabubulok yung mga food packs ng DSWD dati, diba? Kaya nga nagkaroon ng one of the campaign narratives against Mar Rojas in 2016 is where are the Yolanda funds? Ganon, ganon. Those all came from from audits, yung mga ano, bulok, yung mga food packs from foreign donors nung Yolanda. It's not new that the Duterte government is not special. Well, they just have the unfortunate, mis- they just really have the misfortune of being the one who has to manage the pandemic. But that does not excuse them. My next question, Ian, ano pa iba nakikita mo ng posibleng takot ka mangyari if continue na inaatake at pinapressure yung COA at this point, aside from publishing the COA reports? Well, you could say na baka i-water down or mag-hold back yung mga resident auditors from from doing their job. Pero like all of the people I've talked to so far, describe talaga auditors as ano eh, matatapang talaga at kasi hindi talaga sila nagpapatalo, ganun. I mean, these are very professional auditors and accountants and they really take their mandate to heart. Kaya you can say that na baka it will get to them, na baka mag-hold back sila, they rein in themselves. But so far, everyone I've talked to are saying hindi yan gagawin ng mga auditors. And for the next question, Ian, in the context that we're in, pandemia, maraming perang ginagasas sa ngayon pandemia, bakit importante na independent ang COA? Bakit importante ngayon nga na hindi magpa-cower sa pressure yung mga auditors natin? In the context that we're in now. Because it's a lot of money. And again, ibabalik ko dun sa sinuspend ang public bidding. Public bidding is supposed to be our main protector against corruption. Kasi rigid ang public bidding eh. As in, sobrang daming rules ng public bidding. And we understand that under a context of a pandemic, you have to really expedite purchases. Kaya sa bayanihan law, binigyan ng green light yung mga agency na huwag ka na magpa-public bidding, mag-negotiated procurement ka na. And to some extent, Naniniwala naman tayo na kailangan yun kasi urgent talaga. It's a matter of life and death. Every second, every minute may namamatay. So 
yeah, we get it. We get it na kailangang i-wave ang public bidding. But also, pag wave ang public bidding, tumataask yung exposure to corruption. And ang daming pera nito. So not only do we have to watch where our money goes, we are operating in a context where people may potentially die due to misuse of money. So it's no longer just this very abstract concept of funds or protecting yung kaban ng bayan. Malapit sa sikmura ng tao na kapag merong na-misuse na pera, baka it's equivalent to a ventilator that was not available to this person. And the auditor said that sa AAR nila na it could have saved so many lives if these opportunities were not missed by the DOH. And for my last question, Ms. Lian, Lian, Ms. Lian, for our audience na we're watching right now, no? And sabi mo nga kanina na dapat bantayan yung mga nangyayari. Ano yung mga dapat abangan nila or bantayan yung the coming months na parang dapat i-monitor nila or pag nangyari to delikado, kailangan i-follow through or what? Number one is uh, they have to really monitor yung investigations into the PSDBM. The PSDBM procured face shields for 120 pesos per piece and face masks for as high as I think 37 if I'm not mistaken or 27. Ko-correct ko na 'yung sarili ko mamaya. Yeah. Pero mahal. Bumili sila ng ganun kamahal and hindi nila mabenta 'yon sa mga client agencies nila. So sa face shields pa lang, merong more than 400,000 na nakatenga lang sa mga bodega at hindi nagagamit and it's causing government 60 million in revenues add to that the face mask na pwedeng mag-expire the government is missing out on 95 million pesos in revenues kasi hindi nila mabenta yung mga face mask and face shields na binili nila sa napakamamahal na presyo and kanina sa Senate sinabi na yung fund transfer ng DOH ng 41 billion pesos to the PSDBM bakit walang MOA and bakit pinayagan yung PSDBN na mag-procure eh hindi naman common use supplies ang face shield. It's supposed to be the DOH that has the expertise to buy that kinds of items. So kailangan nilang bantayan yun kasi more than a year required tayong mag-face shields tapos meron palang 400,000 face shields na nakatagba lang <laughs> sa mga bodega ng BBMPS. So dapat interesado ka kasi hindi mo lang tax yung pinambayad, pinambili dun sa mga face shield na yun it affects your life kasi ikaw yung required na gumamit ng, yeah. ikaw yung required na gumamit ng face shield. And next, outside of DOH, we're seeing billions infused into the budget of the NTF-LCAC. Na nakita nga natin, sinulat natin nung nakaraan na merong milyon na pinunta through TESDA. And TESDA is saying, ah, kasi kami yung head ng poverty reduction cluster ng NTF-LCAC. So, we're using that fund for the livelihood programs ng mga rebel returnees para maano sila na parang bakit kayo yung nagfa-facilitate niyan eh sinabi na nga ng COA na actually yung scholarship funds nyo yung rule to use scholarship funds of TESDA already caters to a wide variety of clients so you don't you didn't have to course it through the NTF LCAC kung gusto niyo tumulong ng rebel returnee you can do it as TESDA you can do it within the strict definition of TESDA scholarship fund so COA is asking why course it through the NTF LCAC so the NTF LCAC is a very interesting budget to see unfold inamin naman na ng COA data na mahirap siyang i-track kasi baka most of that malami dun sa budget na yon will be used as a confidential and intelligence fund item so pag intel na yon hindi mo na yun mo audit yeah 
Sobrang dami mo natutunan kay Lian ngayon. Beyond their stories, beyond your Rappler Recap kagabi. If di nyo pa napapanood yun, panoorin nyo sa Facebook page ng Rappler, your Rappler Recap ni Lian on PSTBM and DOH. Sa Friday, ang continue. Actually, bukas, yeah. meron sa House of Representatives and then 1.30pm sa Friday sa Senate naman. Yes. And bago kong tapusin yung episode na to, no, binabasa ko yung mga comments ng ating mga audience. Marami sa kanila ay galit nga sa nangyayari. Marami mga strong sentiments. Oh, nagalit na rin kasi ang taas din ng pitch ko eh. <laughs> <laughs> Nakirit away sila. Pero I would like to tell our audience na if gusto nilang ipatuloy yung discussion na to, pwede sila sumali sa isang Facebook page, a Facebook group ng Rappler kung saan pinag-uusapan natin ng mga different issues in the country na nangyayari ngayon sa ilalim ni Presidente Duterte. Ang pangalan ng group na to ay ang Rappler Room. Thank you, Lian, for joining me today and for explaining to us yung mga nangyayari ngayon, yung mga bawat sulok ng kawan. Alam ko, technical masyado minsan, pero yeah. kailangan malaman talaga ng tao kasi pera natin to, taxpayers to ng bayan. At ultimately, itong mga pera na to na, na, na maling spending, spending, ang affected dito ay mga projects na so dapat tayo nakikinabang. At buhay. Yeah, but pandemic, yes. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, Huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapper and News Rake sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rapper Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapper.com. Again, I'm Jules Gavilan, and this is News Rake Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash support Rappler. That's rplr.co slash support Rappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.